Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday, the 14th of October. Today, a South Aussie demand selection for the Ashes squad. The NRL has its new franchise, but with one key change, and Australia has a new world record holder. But first... The full-time siren has sounded on the AFL trade period. It's over, done, no more bets. The music has stopped, and wherever you are today... That's where you're going to be playing in 2022. So let's see what last-minute deals got done yesterday on the final day of the trade window. Look through the window and who do I see? Jordan Dawson will be a Crow in 2022 with Sydney agreeing to trade him to Adelaide. Jordan Dawson moves from the Swans to the Crows for a future first-round pick. What's next? Jordan Clark's a Docker, boys. It's done. So that deal is done. The Dockers have given over 22, as I understand it, with the future third-round pick tied to Carlton. However, as I believe, they're going to get a pick back as well. So maybe a later pick back from the Cats. AFL Trade Radio confirming that Western Australian Jordan Clark gets his move back to his home state from the Cats in exchange for some picks. And it wasn't just players named Jordan who made moves. There was also a game of Ruckman musical chairs that saw... Darcy Fort moved from the Cats to the Lions, Jonathan Segler shift from the Hawks to the Cats, Max Lynch jumped from the Pies to the Hawks, and Port's Peter Laddams become a Sydney Swan. But not everybody got what they wanted. We're not looking to deal on, on Bobby Hill in particular. Uh, contracted player, obviously this presented, uh, what are we talking, probably Friday, Saturday, in the middle of the trade period, so... We rate Bobby really highly. GWS GM of footy Jason McCartney explained to AFL Trade Radio that small forward Bobby Hill will not be traded to Essendon as he'd hoped, but will instead be a giant in 2022, with the club intending to make him see out his contract. The Dolphins aren't crying today. No, no, no. Today, the Dolphins are jumping for joy. Today is an exciting day for Rugby League, an historic day for Rugby League. Early this morning, the commission approved the expansion to 17 teams in the NRL Tulsa Premiership and the addition of the Dolphins as the 17th club in the NRL franchises. NRL CEO Andrew Abdo making it official yesterday that the Redcliffe Dolphins will become the 17th team in the NRL in 2023. But there's a catch. Redcliffe is no longer the name. What? The name is the Dolphins. I mean, they are quite deliberately calling themselves the Dolphins. This is about owning uh, not just Brisbane and having a second Brisbane team, but owning the North as well. Ah, so it's just one name, like Prince. Prince. And now the Dolphins will turn their attention to recruitment, a task that Queensland legend Gordon Tallis thinks will be made easier by the experience the other NRL players had while the league was based out of Queensland for the back half of the season. I think back in the day it might have been a hard sell because Sydney's the big hub. But after those guys coming up here training in 20 degrees, you know, playing a game, and I reckon a lot of them had their families here, and maybe a few uh, NRL players have fallen in love with Queensland. So, who should the club be targeting to make the Dolphin Prince? It's got to be someone that you can hang your hat on, and it's a club, and I think Harry Grant, he's well-spoken. You know, someone that the kids love as well, but can do the job on the footy field. And I think that, you know, now I think Harry Grant is someone that every club would want, you know, and I think you can build your club Mm. around someone like Harry. And this might not be the last we speak about the Dolphins this week, with strong reports that the worst-kept secret in rugby league is to be made official, with Wayne Bennett to be announced as the club's inaugural coach on a three-year deal. Bennett's contract with South Sydney came to an end after their grand final loss to the Panthers. And if the reports that he'll coach the Dolphins are true, 71-year-old Bennett could bring up 38 years of coaching at the highest level by the end of the contract. 
Unsurprisingly, Wayne hasn't commented publicly on this. Oh, yeah, wait, here, here he is. Wayne, Wayne, any chance you could give us an exclusive? Um, we'll wait and see. We'll all have to wait and see for that. Always a pleasure, Wayne. For all the commentary and criticism surrounding the subpar England squad set to take on Australia for the Ashes this summer, Australia has its own areas of concern. Do you have any problem areas? Yes. Specifically, who will open the batting with David Warner and who should bat at number five? Those are the two glaring question marks in the Australian test team. But one of those problems might be solved. And there it is right there. (laughs) One hit, Travis Head, triple figures. What an inning so far. Travis Head has gone full-blown ballistic in South Australia's Marsh one-day cup clash against Queensland yesterday. He brought up his century off just 65 deliveries, but he wasn't finished. What a magnificent innings from Travis Head. 200. Head was eventually dismissed for 230 from 127 balls, the second highest score in the history of the One Day Cup, and at the same time becoming the first Aussie man to post two scores of 200 runs or more in One Day cricket. Unsurprisingly, South Australia won the match by 67 runs. And with the Aussie Ashes squad set to be named in the next few weeks, Head has sent a pretty blunt message to the Aussie selectors. You choo-choo-choose me? Australia. May I please introduce you to your newest world record holder? I think I'm just addicted to the challenge. There's nothing like swimming the English Channel as a way to challenge yourself physically, mentally, challenge how well prepared you are for an athletic event. It really is a pinnacle of marathon swimming. Aussie marathon swimmer Chloe McArdle now holds the record for the most crossings of the English Channel. Having completed her first crossing back in 2009, McArdle completed her record-breaking 44th crossing of the 34km stretch of water in the early hours of this morning, using approximately 36,000 strokes to complete the journey. And what makes it more remarkable are the conditions McArdle endured, as she explained to 2GB's Jim Wilson before the attempt. It is really cold. The air temp's six degrees in the morning. I've got a chest infection, actually, so I'm on antibiotics because I only swam my last crossing Thursday last week and it was just really tough, so my body um, yeah, has been healing. But I've got the clearance to swim from my medical doctor and I had some neck issues, but I've got clearance to swim from my physiotherapist. Oh. So... I'm not 100%, but I'm I'm good enough to get the job done. McArdle spent over 10 hours fighting weather patterns, tides, and what I can only imagine to be incredible boredom as she made the crossing from Dover in England to the French shoreline. And welcome to France. He's hoping that after breaking the record that has stood for 18 years, surely Chloe can hang up her goggles and cap for a little while. And that is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday the 14th of October. For you lovers of smash and bash cricket, the WBBL kicks off tonight with the Sydney Sixers taking on the Melbourne Stars, 7.40pm at Blundstone Arena. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow for your fast, fun, weekending edition of The Scorecard. Listener.